Hello, everybody. Welcome to Three Point Perspective, the podcast about illustration, how to do it, how to make a living at it, and how to make an impact in the world with your art. I'm Jake Parker. I'm Lee White. And I'm Will Terry, and all three of us are professional illustrators. We've all worked for all the major publishers in the business. Together, we've published somewhere around 75 children's books, and we've all taught illustration in university art programs. That is correct. Every week, we come at you guys with different illustrator interviews or questions from our listeners which are awesome. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we argue, but each time you learn something brand spanking new. Brand spanking new. It, and it should say, it, it should say, sometimes we argue and, and Will usually wins. Will <laughs> never win. That's the cool part about that. You never win. <laughs> All right, really. Will does, Will does get his, uh, his say in. So that's, that's, that's good enough, but <laughs> he says stuff. It's not correct, <laughs> but there are things that are said. <laughs> Today's questions come from our uh, Patreon, and we do a we do a monthly hotline where they get a couple days to ask a question, and then we record it and uh, answer those right away. So a lot of times, the questions that we're getting outside of that, you know, these are questions that come in a month, two months earlier as we kind of get through the list. And uh, and so this this is a way for just to kind of get our patrons some some pretty quick feedback on some of the things that they're asking, and we had some good questions today. So the first one is from Danielle. She says, uh, "Have any of you experienced imposter syndrome as an artist? And if so, do you have any tips to overcome it? I see so much incredible work out there, and even though I've had my own successes as an artist, it's hard not to feel incredibly inadequate at times. So." Um, you guys, you guys deal with that? Do you still deal with that, or or was it a thing weird, in the past? I have a weird psychosis where I have the opposite problem of that, <laughs> where I'm not even self aware enough to know. I'm like, if they, I could do it. Sure, I surely I could do it, right. <laughs> but I totally can't. That's that is kind of a requirement to be an entrepreneur. Maybe is overestimating that's true. your abilities. <laughs> yeah, I've, like, I've always done that do too. It, like, why can't I do it? Like, I have always been the guy where if, if there's an opportunity. And I don't feel ready. I'm like, yeah, whatever. The worst that can happen is I fail. And I think that's because I failed all through school. Mm-hmm. So I got comfortable with failure. I, I got comfortable bringing home a crappy report card to mm-hmm. my parents and having them go, Will. And I'm like, look, Because you you're me. in an overachiever family, too. Yes. My parents dad was working on his PhD Sisters overachieved. All, yeah. yeah. So I, I get, it got very comfortable with, well, the worst that can happen is I can fail again. But yeah. I, I do know when I first started, it's like, I, th- I think it's, I think what she's talking about is something that definitely is more in the beginning of a career where you're like, I mean, no one, when we're freelancing, no one says, Hey, you, you're now good enough to freelance. I mean, you just have to start doing it. Right. Yeah. And I, th- I think you're right. Like you, you never arrive. You never feel like you've arrived. Or if you do feel like you've arrived, it's, it's fleeting. It's, you know, it's for a day and then you got to get back to work and, and, and do stuff that's uncomfortable. I have a friend who's like, be the type of person who would climb Mount Everest, who would summit Mount Everest and never tell anybody about it. Mm. And, and the reason for that is, is, uh, make sure you're doing stuff for, for the right reasons. Make sure you're doing things. Well, for make sure you know the reasons you're doing stuff for, because that helps you deal with 
this imposter, this feeling that like like you're an imposter or not. If you're going into art with a um, a service mindset, like understanding who you're trying to serve with your skills, then it's going to sort of change everything about how you produce art and who you who you make art for, right? So essentially there's like three sort of avenues that you could choose as an artist. Number one, do you want to serve an employer, you know, a publisher, you know, someone who's hiring you to do the job? And that whole thing is, is are you able to perform the task and, mm-hmm. and do the job for them? Are they happy with it? And as long as they're happy with it and you feel good about the work that you did, that's all that matters. You know, it doesn't matter the accolades or the awards or anything like that, right? The second one is, do you want to serve a fan base, right? Do you want to serve patrons or or people who, you know, a, an online base of people who are just interested in what you're doing? Then as long as your fans are happy, as long as they feel like uh, they're getting what you, you know, what you said you'd provide and, and everyone's happy, then you, you should feel satisfied you should feel like you're doing a good job and not worry about critics or anybody else because critics aren't your fans. Anybody else who's ignoring you aren't fans. Just worry about those people who are really interested in you. And then the last one is, are you worried or are you, do you want to serve yourself? Like, is art just a you thing? And if that's the case, if you just want to make art for yourself, there's some sort of personal gratification there, um, then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks as long as you feel like you're doing a good job. As long mm-hmm. as you're, it's the art is bringing you satisfaction and joy, and it's not perfectly siloed. I think for everybody, in those things, I'm definitely this person who, you know, growing up, I loved making art just to entertain myself. Then I started getting positive feedback from people, and so I wanted to make art to impress people. And then I really sort of self, uh, uh, you know, qualified myself to do nothing else but art. And so then it had to be a career. (laughs) So I had to find people to, to serve with my, with my artwork to make money from. And so I'm sort of this mix of balancing, am I satisfying myself while also paying the bills while also, you know, uh, uh, feeding a a fan base, you Mm -hmm. know, not a huge fan base, but a fan base nonetheless. It's an Next question. Well, it's an interesting thing. Let me um, talk a little bit about this person that I did a critique for the other day. Mm. She was feeling a little bit of almost imposter syndrome and she had done, she's done like 15 books or something already. Mm. And they're awesome. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, if anybody's not an imposter, it's you. You're already 15 books yeah. in. <laughs> You've yeah. got an established style. You're really good. And, um, but it was just interesting that, that, you know, even successful people can have that feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it was interesting cause I was thinking about it and I was scrolling through Instagram and I came across this quote, rarely do I like sports quotes, um, cause they're always just kind of grand, kind of <laughs> self-grandizing or something. Yeah. But, uh, but it was, it was this interview with Kobe. It was really interesting. And they'd asked him if he had a fear of failure or, if he had a fear of sort of like the weight of the expectation of success was on him too. So it's kind of both two sides of that, um, that Mm. equation. And his answer was really interesting. He's like either one of those, whether you start thinking about, Oh God, what if I fail Mm. or, 
uh, I'm supposed to win. And, and, and it's, it's sort of the same thing. What if I fail and my, the expectations are high that I'm supposed to do really good. Um, and he said he doesn't worry about it. Um, either one of those things is going to be a limiter on you mm -hmm. because you're worried about the outcome. And if you're trying to protect the outcome, mm -hmm. make a piece that's nice or whatever, your performance is going to be subpar. Mm, yeah. And, and so he's like, I go out there and try to think like, I'm going to, first off, I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to play free to my, the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. And as long as I do that, that's all I can really do at yep. my You're capacity. focusing on the, he's focused, he's talking about focusing on the steps. Right. And if what he, he can I just control. follow my rules. I follow my rules. I do what I'm, what I know works. Then outcome will be a result. Right. Right. But if yeah. he started looking, think about an NBA player. If they start looking around at how good everybody, I mean, everybody is the best of the best. That could be really intimidating. And that's sort of what we, we experience as artists on Instagram, right? As we're scrolling, there's lowish. Oh my gosh. There's, you know, every, every, <laughs> every swipe of my finger is an amazing piece of work and everybody's working. And I'm like, it, it, it hits me especially hard when I'm in between projects mm -hmm. and I feel like everybody's busy and I'm like, oh, what, uh, what am I supposed to be doing? Right. Um, and you did like, like, uh, you know, going back to that quote that Kobe said, you just kind of dig in and say, okay, what kind of images am I going to make? It's all I can do and hope that it's up there. You know what I mean? Hope the hope that people res it resonates with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good way to look at it. Uh, next question. This one's for Lee. She, she says a little while ago, this is from Sarah. A little while ago, I finally took Lee's business class, uh, classes at mm. SVS Learn. They were awesome, but I'm curious when Lee recorded the class, he had an image licensing. He had image licensing options on his website, which he doesn't anymore as far as I can see. How did that system of licensing work out and what can we learn from it? That's a good question. Um, the licensing, I can't remember what web package I had. I had some kind of website package and it included a licensing thing. So if you said, Oh, I like if a client got to my website said, I like this image, they could say it, it had those little button that said license it. And then it would kind of give different, uh, um, options for that. Oh, you're going to do a half page magazine ad and it's going to run monthly and it would give them an automatic price. So sometimes I would wake up and there would be just money in my bank account where somebody had licensed an image and uh, it was really great. The, the reason I took it off was because licensing has become so much more complicated since that time. That was early before there were so many places to advertise an image and so many, so many ways to use an image that I felt like the, uh, the kind of the pull down menu option didn't really serve it as well. And so now when, whenever I license an image, I have a client contact me and say, Hey, we're interested in licensing. And then I have to go through the steps. Okay. How much do you want to, um, how many months do you want to use it? Where do you want to use it? What kind of rights are you looking for? And then base the number on that. So it was just, it just wasn't covering enough specifics for how widely images are used now. It could be a greeting card. That's an easy one, but it could also be, uh, you know, a website header for an app for a company, you know, it didn't have anything that specific. Mm -hmm. So I had to pull it. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I always thought that was like such a cool idea that you had going mm -hmm. on there. It was neat. I mean, it, and it worked. But like I said, it was just, it was just a little too simplistic. And then sometimes it would give a price that's, that maybe I wouldn't give like it, like it overshoots the price and scares a client away. Mm. 
So. Yeah. Cool. Good question, though. All right. Next one from Irene. Artist health tips. I feel like a lot of artists prioritize the grind and often overlook their physical health, especially art school kids who love to brag about how little they slept for some reason. Uh, crying, that. smiling emotion, emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any uh, regimens to keep your arms, wrists, eyes in tip-top shape? I was a full-time concept artist last year and it absolutely wrecked my eyesight. I don't know how my eyesight. Mm. I don't know how one's supposed to work full-time as an artist without deteriorating physically. Here's the caveat. I'm only 22. <laughs> Thought I was going to be talking to a this is a 30-year-old here. <laughs> I'm only 22, so maybe this is just aging. Uh, so you're talking to a guy, I'm in my 40s. We've got someone here inching up against 60. Who's that? And then, and then another and guy. Then, and then me, I'm, I'm 20, 20s like immortal. you, Irene. <laughs> so. No, Lee's probably the fittest 50-year-old <laughs> I've ever met. Yeah. Um, I'm 50, yeah, I'm 53 now. This year I'm going to, starting to get little ads in my mail for like senior discounts. Cause that happens. It <laughs> starts at 55. It's crazy. And let me tell you this. Do not think that I am not going to go through every bit of small print to see what I get at 55. If I can get in a movie cheaper, if I can, I, that's what I did with my credit card company. And the stuff that I have gotten from my credit card company, I, I think they can't honestly believe it that I read all that stuff. Cause I'm like, Nope, I get this discount and then I get this extended warranty and it comes with it. And you know, I'm going to read all the fine print, but yeah, I mean, we're all, we're all getting older and we're all using, I'm using weird, weirdo devices mm-hmm. to, um, I had to finally to, get readers so I could see. Jake, and do you know what happened yesterday glasses. or last week? I, I never thought, I never thought I'd do this, but I had to change like globally on my phone, the font size, so oh everything no. is just one size bigger. That's Say it ain't so. In time, like there's hey, that's a line in the sand. The warranty's up <laughs> at forty. <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's when the reading stuff, the, the eyes start losing their elasticity. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. This is a little bit of a side note, um, especially to Will since he's so old. Um, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. Is this a career for life? Like, oh, like, yeah. like when we used to look at the black book, remember the black books that would come out, Will, yeah. that every year and scroll through it, looking at illustrators. How many of those illustrators are still illustrators? Well, a lo- I know a lot of them have moved into gallery work, mm. you know, mm. so a lot of them are doing, I look at some of the you know, hero illustrators that I had when I was in school and they're doing gallery stuff. A lot of them. They build I mean, a on big, the commercial stuff? Well, a big reason for that is because editorial work kind of dried up. I mean, we got the internet, mm-hmm. Photoshop, stock illustration, a whole bunch of factors of why that industry changed. But anyway, yeah, I mean, like, I, for me, my desire to make art has not gone away at all, which I'm grateful for. And I don't think it ever will. There's something, I mean, I want to challenge myself. So, you know, I'm trying to, I'm learning how to write now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think you can retire in this, but you're you are going to deteriorate in some, like like Lee, are you, you have a standing desk, right? You stand a lot. I do. Like yeah, mine's a motorized of, desk. I got on Facebook Marketplace for like two hundred bucks. Originally, it was like three grand. I got it mm. from a lawyer's office, <laughs> and so you can find those deals. But um, I mean, I guess what you're alluding to is starting to 
starting the process early of taking care of yourself yeah. in a proactive way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only now, you know, speaking to Irene, she worked as a concept artist, full time mm-hmm. rector. We've all, Will, Jake, and I have all done that mode. And, and Will's often said it on this podcast like, there's a certain time to be in this career where you are going to grind. And yeah. there's nobody who has made it without that all yeah. nighters and seven days a week and, and super yeah. out of whack life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to bail from that as quick as you can and, and, and try to protect yourself while you're in that mode mm-hmm. because carpal tunnel will start to set in, uh, nerve damage will start to set in. I mean, all the whole host, like muscular imbalances will start to set in. If you're not careful, it will derail your career. You can't be in that mode forever. I mean, none of us are right. in that mode now anymore, I don't think, except for maybe possibly Jake sometimes. Me and Will are lazy, I think, at this point. <laughs> you're not <laughs> no, we, we do other things though. Like you're 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 demolishing a, a condo the other day that you right. bought to fix it up. So we work on stuff. Like one of the things I do is I just decided to take my health really seriously. So I mm-hmm. exercise three times a day. I play pickleball in the morning. I it's swim amazing. laps in the in the afternoon, and I either go for a walk or pickleball, or more laps at night. And 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 the reason for that is I see so many hunched over people that yep. have just kind of given up. It looked like a question and mark. The yeah, the problems that come with it mm-hmm. are so huge that um, you're I've living in a retirement community. I can see I, I see my future all around me, right? And there's guys that are in their nineties playing tennis and pickleball and stuff. And then they, when they die, they just like get sick and die. Mm-hmm. Like they don't linger around. You know what I mean? Like it's finally the end and the end is quick. That's what I want. But then there's the people that are like ending for 15 or 20 years where they mm-hmm. can't hardly walk. They're using a walker mm-hmm. and they're just hanging around forever. They can't exercise they're, anymore. They're a ghost. Yeah. I don't want that. I'm hoping not to have that. Or they they stroke out and and then they really have problems, you know. And my dad, here's my, oh, go ahead, Jake. I was just going to say, my dad turns 80 next year and he still rides his bike every day. He's putting on miles every day. He's going to die of a bus hitting him sooner than he'll die of any sort of a great death. I mean, being active is a huge thing. I mean, I think that's going to be step one. That's what kind of Will and Jake are both alluding to is that. Yeah. If you just have to be active and you got to go outside, I mean, I really mm-hmm. don't think you can just do it at your desk. Like if you think standing up, it means physical exercise. That's just to get the blood flowing while you're working, but you need to go outside. You need to move. That's step one. Step two is going to be support systems. We as artists tend to hold our arms up which and like, say I'm holding up a, a stylus or a pencil. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're seeing me hold my stylus. It's not heavy, right? It weighs mm-hmm. an ounce or something like that. But if you hold, so my shoulder is in muscle is engaged slightly, and uh, and the neck muscle, trapezius muscle on the right side, I'm right-handed, is engaged slightly, but not enough to where you know it's not like I'm lifting something heavy that I notice it. But if I sit in this position for eight hours, you have now strained the whole right side of your body. Mm-hmm. And again, one day it's not going to matter. You do that one year, it's going to start to matter. You do that mm-hmm. for five years and now you have a chronic problem that you can't get mm-hmm. rid of. So supporting the weight is important, whether you have an armchair that has support for your arm. But if you're holding your arm up in the air while you're drawing and you're doing that all day, you are going to have 
muscular problems. So getting the support, just kind of looking at how you work, I guess is where I'm going with it. Cause we all have different positions that we like to draw in. Um, if you're one of those people that, um, I don't think Jake or Will is one of these people. I'm definitely not, but some of my students, when they draw, they hunch over and they put their face like one inch from the paper. You guys <laughs> see people like that? Mm-hmm, <laughs> I mean, right. their faces right there, which means your back and your neck are totally mm. hunched. Like Will was saying, one you do that once, it's no big deal. You do that for 10 years, now your back looks like a question mark. It's yep. completely curved, mm-hmm. and that is really difficult to straighten back out. So you just got to look at it as an overall well-being. Am I moving enough? Am I supporting the muscles that I'm using throughout the day? Am I in a good posture? You start asking yourself those step, those things. And, uh, and then lastly, I'll say this. This person, Irene, is totally right. There's this weird sort of, it's a humble brag in a weird way that, oh, I worked 13 hours yesterday. Oh, I mm-hmm. worked all night on this. I worked, I haven't slept in a week. And, and it's a weird badge of honor. It's, it's, it means to me when I hear people say that, what I think to myself is, Poor you don't know how to organize your time yeah. right. and you're stupid. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, we're yeah. all going to do that every the all nighter never worked for me. Never. Yeah. All it does is wreck you the next it day. Robs you, it robs of your future. Yeah. I mean, it's like, better it's, to go to sleep and then do a better job in the yeah. morning or whenever you can get up. I mean, like I said, we're all going to have those moments where you really have to jam. But mm-hmm. if that's your normal, something's wrong with your normal. Mm-hmm. Now, there ha- I'm going to get a caveat to that. There have been times where I'm in the the flow. Have you ever been in the flow where you're designing, drawing, mm-hmm. and it's everything is working so good, like it's just firing, or yeah, you're painting you and everything's working, and you don't want to stop, right? Right. Sure. And though in those times, I have gone to the wee hours of the morning because I'm like, I if I break this flow right now, yeah, you're in a group. I might not. Yeah, I might right, not. Well, come there's back nothing to wrong it. with that because you're not yeah. put. You're obviously into it, and you're not pushing yourself past. Right. You're not fatigued. You're not. You know. You're and and you're obviously you have thought about your posture. This other stuff that I said earlier, like you can as long as you've thought about that stuff, work as much as you want. But then, and then you you'll give yourself the break. You're not doing that every day, right? No, definitely exactly. not. This question yeah. brought to you by AARP. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does mean something. As you start to get older, you don't get the free pass anymore. When I was, when I was a twenty, uh, early in my early twenties, I'll tell you this: I was a competitive skateboarder, and if I was, and I, I was a ramp rider and rode pools and stuff like that, and that was what I competed in. And if I was in the air, if I was anywhere close to being near my board, I would still try to land it. Mm-hmm. That's in my early twenties. That is a very dangerous thing to do. Mm-hmm. The now I'm paying the price for some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a long life, and and everything you do kind of adds up over time. So you just got to think of it as this cumulative effect that will catch up with you eventually, um, and you just got to plan for it for for good and bad. Like yep, you know, weight training, bone density activities. You're gonna wish you had started doing that in your in your 20s and 30s, in your 50s and 60s, you know, and and kept it up. Yep. Uh, I think I, I think you're right too. I, I just want to reemphasize sleep, how important sleep is. Like your your main tool in this in this craft is your brain, and and sleep is how it recharges and resets. And sleep is you know if you ever study up on what sleep actually does is it's essentially extracting all the when you use your brain it's it's all chemicals your brain's just using chemicals to like make these neurons fire and 
make all these connections and you're just loading your brain up with chemicals. And what sleep does is it kind of fleshes all of that out and resets it. That's what dreaming is. It's just flushing and resetting all that so that you wake up in the morning and you've got a fresh brain ready to, ready to rock and roll. So you guys not, good at, are you guys sleep good at on sleep. sleep. Are you guys good at sleeping? I'm no. great at it. Really? Well, well, what do you mean good at it? Like when you go to bed, do you get a full night's sleep? Do you fall asleep talking easily? About eight, do you eight stay hours? Asleep? I mean, um, everybody's different, but, but a, do you get a full night's sleep? You feel. I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I, the last few years I've had a hard time, but I've been doing these tricks to get me to stay asleep, which have been really helpful. I so. knew you'd try to hack sleep. I knew if I dug down <laughs> in that question, would be like, step one, lower the lights to 50%. Step two, don't turn look at your phone before you go to bed. <laughs> Bigger deal than that is cooling your house down. Like yes. if your house is colder, yeah. you'll sleep better. That's true. That is so. definitely true. And you one guys hack should there, Google. One hack oh, there ahead. though is to is is if it, if if you're really hot, you could shower before bed, and having sort of a wet head that's like drying out, uh, is going to cool it down, and and that that helps a lot. Yeah, you can definitely hack your sleep though. I mean, like you, our listeners should Google that because I want to second that. If you're not getting enough sleep, no amount of exercise or nutrition or any support system is going to help you. Sleep mm-hmm. is number one. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm terrible at it. Next question. All right. Uh, This is from Jason. A question for each of you is a fun one. (laughs) If you had to choose one based purely on illustration, we'll we'll do this a a flash round or a lightning round. Uh, If you based purely on illustration, what is your favorite children's book? Uh, Mine is uh, Days of Summer or The Rules of Summer by Shantan. 